You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. I love Christmas. I love the fact that we celebrate that he was born on Christmas Day. He may not have been born on Christmas Day, but how many know that's not the point? We've set aside a day to celebrate his birth. Amen? And uh, how many know that the Bible is very, very clear to say Jesus is the second Adam who came to restore what the first Adam lost. And you all know what the first Adam had. He had daily walks with God in the cool of the day where God talked to man. If you know that whole story, which I know you do, say amen. And uh, how many know Jesus actually lived that way when he was here on earth? He actually, he said, I do nothing other than what I hear my father speaking and see my father doing. Amen. So he restored the relationship that was God's original intent for each one of us. If you're on board with that, say amen. Amen. And uh, so I was a Christian for 10 years before I was able to identify God's voice within me. Now, Jesus very clearly said, my sheep do what? Hear my voice. Now, did he say we might hear his voice or we do hear his voice? He said we do. He said, my sheep do this. This is... It's not a possibility. This is the way it is. And I said, well, I've been listening for a voice, and I've been expecting, like, hello, Mark, this is God, you know, and I'm not hearing anything like that at all. And I don't don't really believe you lied to me when you said my sheep hear my voice, and I know I'm a sheep because I've asked Jesus Christ into my heart as my Lord and my Savior. So since I'm a sheep, since you promised that I could hear, I don't understand why I don't hear a voice inside my head. And the answer was very, very simple. It took me 10 years to find this simple answer, and I'm going to share it with you in 20 minutes, all right? And then we're actually going to try it and see if we can't hear, be those sheep that hear his voice. That sounds like a fair thing to do on a Sunday morning, don't you think? We've sang about it, all right, so now we get to do it. So um, the Lord had me set aside a year. I, I felt a thought come to my mind to set aside a year to learn to hear God's voice. Now that thought in my mind was actually the voice of God. Even though I had not identified God's voice, at that point as spontaneous thoughts that light up on my mind, it definitely was a spontaneous thought that lit up on my mind. Why don't you spend a year of your life and learn to hear God's voice? So looking back on it, I realized, hey, that was God talking to me. It wasn't a booming bass voice at all, but it still was God talking. So um, in the middle of that year, God actually woke me up one morning with a booming bass voice. So I've heard a booming bass voice once in my entire 64 years, which which is fine. It's uh, it's God screaming. You know, when God needs to scream to get through, he gives a booming bass voice. And just like mom does when she needs to get through to me too, she uses a booming voice, not a bass voice, but a booming voice saying, Mark, listen. So God, how many know God can speak any way he wants, including through a jackass if he wants to, but his preference is that still small voice in our heart. So we're going to talk about that voice. Uh, so um, middle of that year, he woke me up and uh, he said, I want to sh- teach you how to hear my voice. And I, he showed me Habakkuk 2, 1 and 2, which are the verses you have on your handout sheet. We have them in the PowerPoint. If we can go forward a PowerPoint, I think it'll take us. You all say Habakkuk. You don't say Habakkuk. No, you say Habakkuk. I am saying it right for England, aren't I? I'm so confused because I'm in both countries so much. I don't know which way to say it anymore. In America, we rebel. So we, I know we say it differently than you, but I forget now how. So... Um, it's either Habakkuk or Habakkuk, whichever you prefer. I'm very flexible at this point in my life. He's a prophet who can hear the voice of God, who can see vision, and can write down what God is saying. How many think it's really wise when you're trying to master a skill to go to somebody in the Bible who's mastered that skill and say, teach me the steps you're taking? Does that sound reasonable? So Habakkuk is doing four things. And they're here in verse chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. I'm going to stand on my guard post. 
I'm going to keep watch to see what he's going to speak to me. And the Lord said to him to, to do what? Record the vision. So we've taken those and made them into four simple steps. This is what the Lord showed me. That particular morning he woke me up and I lived them, practiced them, and preached them for about 35 to 40 years of my life. And they've worked for everybody. It worked for me. Uh, that morning, after doing these four keys, I found I could write out page after page of what God was saying to me. And it absolutely transformed my relationship with the Lord. And it transformed my marriage, too. My wife said that, that when I learned how to, when, when I, her husband, learned how to hear God's voice, her marriage improved greatly. So, um, so that was pretty nice, all right? So you women just you know, nudge your husband and say, listen real close now. This is an important message for you, okay? So, all right, let's go forward to PowerPoint if we can. Key number one is uh, I'm going to stand at my guard post. One more PowerPoint, please. And uh, I'd like you to take notes, if you will, then. So key number one is simply that you would quiet yourself in the Lord's presence. And I am sure that everyone in this room and those watching by satellite know key number one to be true. If you know that you're supposed to quiet yourself down to hear God's voice, would you say amen? Yeah. Amen. So we did. During the worship service, we quieted our minds. We got out of our frontal lobes. We weren't in a thinking mode anymore. We were in a heart mode. We were in a worship mode. So we moved from our head to our hearts. And, uh, and there's a lot of ways to do that. I mean, this morning as we worshiped, how many had pictures of maybe yourself just light up on your mind's eye, pictures of you worshiping the king and you were standing before the king and you were in awe and worship of the king? If that kind of thing was happening, would you say amen? amen. So that's one really great way to quiet your mind uh, is to use pictures, which is actually key number two. All right, key number two, if we can go forward to PowerPoint. He says, I'm going to keep watch to see. And I said, really? I said, you know, when I'm trying to hear God's voice, I don't normally keep watch to see anything. I normally listen to hear. And I had no idea why, what he was actually trying to look for. Because when I was in prayer, I wasn't usually looking for anything. I was just listening. And so I wasn't really seeing anything. But this morning during the worship time, a number of you said, you kept watch to see. You opened the eyes of your heart. You looked and you saw pictures of you before the king worshiping with the millions who are worshiping before the king. And what the Lord did in key number two is he opened up this whole understanding to me that we have eyes in our heart and we can look for vision. And dream and vision is a really big part of the scripture. If you agree that dream and vision begins in Genesis and ends with Revelation, would you say amen? I mean, in Genesis, God gives Abraham a vision of the millions of stars, said, you're going to have that many kids. And as soon as he gave it to him, then Abraham believed. It inspired heart faith, inflamed heart faith. Well, I kind of knew, but I knew dreams and visions were in the Bible. I mean, the whole book of Revelation is nothing but two big, long visions. I knew it was there, but I'd never actually prayed the prayer that Paul prayed. Ephesians 1.17, I prayed that the eyes of my heart would be enlightened. Can you say that with me? I pray that the eyes of my heart would be enlightened. When I went through Bible college and I never prayed that, and I guess I knew I had eyes in my heart, but I'd never purposely taken them and asked, Holy Spirit, will you give me a vision? And we kind of primed the pump this morning as we worshiped because we sang songs of, of the king and beholding the king and seeing the king and, and reaching out to him. And, and those, those are all images in our mind which we can begin to paint and begin to see. And um, when I begin to see and picture things that the Bible says is true, then I would call that godly imagination. I'm using the eyes of my heart to imagine stuff God says is true. Now, one thing we know is true is that he's Emmanuel, God with us. 
we know that's true. So if I was going to picture him right here with me, would that be an example of godly imagination? Where I'm picturing something God says is true? If that's good with you, would you say amen? Now, King David did that. And it took me, it took me 40 years before I noticed that King David did that. And I've given you the reverse there. It's, it's Acts 2.25. King David says this. Now, you picture in your mind what's going on here when I quote this verse. King David says, I behold the Lord always in my presence, he is at my right hand, and I will not be shaken. Where is King David picturing the Lord? Right there. And uh, that verse, Acts 2.25, is quoting Psalm 16.8. Here's what Psalm 16.8 says. I have set the Lord at my right hand. Huh. Okay, so you tell me, is he, is he priming the pump by picturing something that he knows is true, which is a God's at his right hand. And he said, fine, I'm going to set him right there. I'm going to see him right there. And that's going to inspire a greater level of faith and confidence than if I just think he's there. We say a picture is worth what? A thousand words. So I can think he's here or I can see him here. <laughs> Which one's going to impact my heart more powerfully? Seeing us. Because pictures are the language of the heart. Thinking is the language of the mind. And as you worship this morning, many of you went from your mind to your heart, and you went to pictures. And it took me many, many years to understand that, because I didn't have any training on pictures when I went to high school or college, or Bible college. No one trained me about the significance of pictures. And picturesque preaching. How many know the preachers you enjoy the most are those who are great storytellers? And how many know Jesus was a really great storyteller? He, without a parable, he taught them that. Well, what's parables? It's nothing but pictures after pictures after pictures because Jesus knew pictures are the language of the heart. So um, I've learned that when I want to meet with the Lord in my morning devotional time, I quiet myself down. The best way to do that is just picture Jesus right here next to me. <laughs> and if I want to get out of my thinking mode, I could also picture myself as a child because the Bible says as we come to the Lord, if we want to enter the kingdom, we have to enter as little children. Well, you know, little children aren't in the thinking mode because they don't even enter this this part of the brain until after eight years of age. They live in alpha-level brain waves, relaxed, playful, fun-loving, spontaneous, and flowing. Don't even get to cognitive thinking, which is beta-level waves, which we're in as, as thinking adults. They don't even get there till eight years of age. So God says, come, become as a child. I say, well, the easiest way for me to get out of here and down to here is if I just picture myself as about, a, you know, a kid. And so I found it helps a lot when God tells me to do something, to picture what he's told me to do, just like he said to Abraham. He said, you see the thousands of stars, millions of stars? You're going to have that many kids. The next verse after he gives him that picture, you know what the next verse says happened? Then Abram believed. Say that with me. Then Abram believed. So heart faith for the father of faith was a direct result of God giving him what? Say it. A picture of the promise fulfilled. Well, I want heart faith. I want to cast mountains into the sea. So if I need my body healed, I ask God for a picture of what my body looks like when it's healed and the things I'll be able to do. And I hold that picture and it produces heart faith that draws me into a miracle. I love knowing that kind of stuff. I love doing that kind of stuff. And I do do that kind of stuff. And I've seen it work in my body as well as others. So vision. 
I'm going to keep watch to see. I will keep watch to see. Say that with me. I will keep watch to see. How many know it's the pieces of scripture that we practice that make a difference in our life? Am I right? I can read it and say it's pretty, or I can say, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and the Bible clearly says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. I said, well, yeah, I think it's a nice idea. No, no, you pitch, you fix your eyes on Jesus. Who's, I mean, you can see him anywhere, because he's everywhere. He's omnipresent, but King David said, I'm going to see him right here. I'm going to fix my eyes on him right here. I said, okay, good. Key number two, use vision. Key number three, what he will speak to me. Go forward to PowerPoint, if we will. Maybe let's go forward to, thank you. So we're going to write, we're going to suggest that God's voice comes to us as spontaneous flowing thoughts. Spontaneous, if you want to add the word flowing after it, spontaneous flowing thoughts. That is a really simple definition for the voice of God. Spontaneous flowing thought. Because you know what? Every single person who's here today and watching by satellite, every single person has flowing thoughts every single day of their life all the time. How many of you have been driving on the road in the car and had a thought come to you to pray for someone? If that's happened, say amen. How many felt that thought was the voice of God calling you to pray for that person? If you did, amen. What did God's voice sound like in the car? Was it a booming bass voice or just a spontaneous flowing thought? Yeah, that's what I noticed. I said, hey, when I think I hear the voice of God, it's not the what I would define as voice. It's just a flowing thought. So maybe voices from the spirit realm are sensed within me as flowing thoughts. I know that's true with demons, because how many of you have been in prayer or worship and had some flowing putrid thought drop right in the middle of your prayer or worship time? And how many recognize that as a demon trying to distract you? So I know demonic spirits communicate through flowing thoughts. Well, the Holy Spirit also communicates through flowing thoughts. Spirit-level communication is registered as a flowing thought. So uh, flow is interesting. I um, Science has confirmed that when you're in flow, you're more effective than when you're not. I find that when I speak in flow, I'm a better speaker than when I'm not in flow. I find that when I do my jobs in flow, I, I do them better than when I'm not in flow. And I went to the Bible, I said, hey, does that word flow show up here? And that word flow does show up. <laughs> Jesus uses it. And I've given you the references, John 7, 37 to 39. Jesus says, out of your innermost being shall, what? Flow rivers of living water. This he spoke concerning the what? The Holy Spirit. So that verse says, hey, when you want to tune to the Holy Spirit within you, what does he feel like? You can tell me, what does he feel like? According to, according to that verse, when you attune to the Holy Spirit within you, what does he feel like? He is a river, but he feels like what? He feels like flow. Say he feels like flow. So when I'm in flow and I'm speaking in flow and I'm better than I normally am, the Bible says, you're speaking the oracles of God. And when I'm thinking in flow and flow has captured my reasoning process, then it's the mind of Christ. And when I lay this hand on a sick person and the power of God is flowing through it, I feel heat and warmth and tingling. And it's the hand of Christ ministering healing power at that point. And when I take, take my vocal cords and tune in the flow, then I get to speak in tongues. So anytime I take any outer faculty and I tune it to flow and the river takes control of it, then it's, it, that faculty is anointed at that point in time. And it's releasing Jesus at that point in time to whoever I'm touching. 
That's pretty exciting, isn't it? That's pretty simple. How many know kids could do this? Actually, easier than adults can. And I got grandchildren, seven, nine, they can hear God's voice, they can see visions, they can see their angels, because we've taught them they can do this, and they do it, and, and, and they know their angels' names, and they play with them, they have fun with them. How many know we all have guardian angels, and they're there to, to be with us? But you see, it was just something I wasn't actually trained in for many, many years. So we're making sure to train our kids in it. All right, so God's voice comes as a spontaneous flowing thought. All right, key number four. Let's go there if we can. Key number four, the Lord said to record the vision. So key number four is to write out that flow of thoughts and that flow of pictures that's lighted upon your mind. So write out the flow of thoughts and pictures. Maybe I shouldn't be standing in front of the PowerPoint. Would that help if I... <laughs> okay. <laughs> so write out the flow of thoughts and pictures. When you're in prayer, you got your eyes fixed on Jesus, you quiet yourself down, and you say, Jesus, hey, what do you want to say to me? And thoughts begin to flow, then you just begin to write whatever's flowing. And I thought, well, I don't know about writing. I said, you know what? I'm a guy, and I'm not really into writing. You can't see. I better stand over on this side so you can see for a minute here. All right. So there we go. All right. So I said, you know, I'm a guy. I don't really like writing. You know, I don't like English grammar, spelling. I flunked it in high school. I had to take remedial English in college. And if my wife was not an English major, any book I'd written, no one would ever read. All right. But Patty proofs them and bless her heart. I'll appreciate that. All right. So they're readable. So I wasn't sure I liked the idea of writing. But but how many of you know God didn't suggest to Habakkuk or Habakkuk? He didn't say, you know, if you'd like to write it, I'd appreciate it if you'd write it. He actually said what? Write the vision. Anyone know if that's a suggestion or a command? <laughs> a little bit louder. Anyone know if that's a suggestion or a command? That's a command. When God issues a command, how many think it's not really optional? You just go ahead and do it. Amen? I said, fine, God. I'm going to write just to prove to you it's not going to work in my case. That's called an open-minded approach to spiritual growth. If I was God, I'd just kick me and said, go sit in a corner for a while. But he's more loving than I am. So so uh, I tried it. All four keys. Quiet myself down. Picture Jesus right here with me. Put a big smile on my face. Picture myself as a kid. Said, Lord, what do you want to say? I wrote that question down. Tuned to flow. And a flow of thoughts came. I wrote a whole paragraph from flow. And I thought, whoa, what's this? So I took it to my wife, Patty, and she's the more spiritual one in my marriage, and the smarter one, too. I married very, very well. So anyway, Patty said, uh, well, that's God speaking. I said, are you sure? She said, yes. You want to take a wild guess what that did to my level of faith when she said that? It went up. How many did need the level of faith in flow to go up? Because I went to high school and college. No one ever gave me a course on flow, or no one ever suggested have faith in flow. Well, the Bible suggests have faith in flow. John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39 says it. Out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. This is a spirit. Well, let's have faith in the spirit so you can be anointed for heaven's sakes. So Patty said it was God. So I went back and did the whole thing again. Quieted myself down, fixed my eyes on Jesus, said, Lord, is there more you want to say? Wrote another 30 minutes, got another half page. Took it to Patty. She said, it's still God. <laughs> my faith went up again. I kept doing that all day. At the end of the first day of using these four keys as a bundle, I had written for five hours, God talking to me. How many know that's a life-transforming day? And that was the beginning of a whole new walk with God, because now I could live out of his voice, just like they did. From Genesis to Revelation, they lived out of voice and vision. Jesus surely did it. I mean, the Garden of Eden was all about that, a daily walk with him and hearing his voice. 
Jesus restored it, and I hadn't had it for 10 years as a Christian. Now I've had it every single day for the last 35 years of my life. And I'm offering it to you this morning. It's very simple, very easy. Say simple and easy. Say a child can do this. And if a child is too young to write the words, we have them draw the pictures. We had a person in my seminar yesterday who, who just drew pictures. I said, when you journal, if you want to draw pictures, he did. And he explained to me what Jesus was doing. And Jesus was there in the schoolyard when a bully was pushing him around and fighting with him. And Jesus told him what to do and took him to a friend where he met him. You know, and he had four or five different pictures of Jesus meeting him at different points, ministering life to him. How many know that's decent? Amen? That's awesome. So say, I can do this. Say, I believe I will. <laughs> so I would like us to try it. It's as simple as that, and I don't need to teach anymore. I mean, if you want more, we have a 300-page book that you can get into, and we give you a, a website on the bottom of the sheet, and, and that's our U.S. website. I could actually give you a Canadian website before we actually try this, just so I get it out of the way and don't forget to do it. We have some distributors here in Canada who carry our book on the four keys to hearing God's voice. So for those of you who would like more than one page and... I'll give you 300. So here's, here's, their, here's their website. I'm going to give you their website address. So you can go, and, and they've got several of our books, but the one is the four keys to hearing God's voice. So the website address would be is just simply, big long word, hearing God's voice. So you just write that out as one big long word, hearing God's voice, UK. Hearing God's voice, UK. Hearing God's voice, UK.net, dot net, N-E-T. HearingGodsVoiceUK.net, and you can get a 400-page book if you want it. You can get 10 hours of, of CDs or DVDs of me teaching this in depth. So, yes, you have the briefest possible rendition of it this morning, 20 minutes, all right? But I can give you 10 hours of CDs and DVDs if you want it, all right? So that's Tony and Margaret Cornell. They ran one of our Bible schools for 25 years here in England, uh, and um, they live in England, and they love to go to churches and, and teach the four keys to hearing God's voice as weekend seminars, and, and we offer as a three-month course. How about if we try it right now and just see how easy it is? Everyone wants to try it? Say amen. amen. So turn your sheet of paper over because it's blank on the back side, and um, we're going to try some two-way journaling. Just try using these four keys, all right? So we're going to write two short paragraphs. And the first one's going to be you writing to God, and the second one is going to be him writing to you. Now, here's what I'd like you to write to God. Since it's Christmas and, and we like to celebrate his birth and all that he's done for us as he's transformed us, how about if in paragraph one you make it a love letter where you just share in one paragraph one of the reasons why you love him and appreciate him so much for what he has done for you? So two-way love letter, paragraph one, you share your love with him for one reason why you love him a lot. In paragraph two, we're going to let him share his love back with you. So I'm going to let you know when you're like four minutes into this, because at the end of four minutes, I'd like you to be done with paragraph one. I know you can go for hours, but we want him to talk. So at four minutes, I'm going to say, okay, let's move to paragraph two. And in paragraph two, I want you to be using the four keys, quiet yourself down, big smile on your face, picturing yourself as a kid. And... Um, tuned to flow and letting him speak back and say, my child, I love you too. And he'll call you by name, all right? And, uh, I and you're just going to write, I love you too. And, and you're just going to write from flow whatever he wants to say. And if you say, well, I'm not sure it's God. Well, you know what? The value of writing, in, writing it down is you don't have to test it while it's coming. And the reason I could get five hours that day is because I could write for five hours in faith 
because I didn't have to test it until after the flow was done, and after the flow was done, I could go back then and say, hmm, is it really God? But if I, how many of you know if you try to test it while it's coming, you jam the receiver, because you have to meet God in faith. You can't meet God in doubt and testing. You, those who come to God must come in faith. So I gotta be a believer for five minutes. So I'm gonna ask you to be a believer for four minutes <laughs> and write from flow for four minutes. Whatever's flowing within you, knowing you can test it after the four minutes is up. But you can't test it during the four minutes while you're writing. If you understand what I just said, would you say amen? All right, so if I, during those four minutes, and if you're, while you're writing in paragraph two, if I see any of you squinting or thinking or testing, I'm going to escort you with my squirt gun. Since I'm not at the satellite campus, I'd like the associate pastor there to squirt them, all right, if you see them squinting or thinking, because no thinking's allowed for those four minutes. You have to tune to flow, be a believer for four whole minutes. Say, I can be a believer for four whole minutes, and I can suspend testing for four minutes, knowing I can test it afterwards. <laughs> Say, Lord, help me. <laughs> Because that's a major challenge for some of us, because I like to test all the time. And God said, cool it for four minutes and just let me speak. All right. If that's clear, what we're going to do, would you say amen? All right. So, Father, right now we just come to you with hearts full of gratitude, full of praise, this during this wonderful Christmas season, for your son Jesus, who was willing to come here to purchase salvation for us. And our hearts overflow with gratitude, and we pour it out to you. And we thank you, Lord, that through his death and resurrection, he restored intimacy with the Holy Spirit. So once again, we can hear your voice. So we come to share our love with you and let you share your love back with us. Thank you, Lord. Amen. All right, I'm going to give you eight minutes now. How about if you begin to write as a child? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.